Welcome to Growing Storytellers, a helicopter stories podcast for anyone who works with children aged two to seven years old. I'm Trisha Lee, and this is my colleague, Isla Hill. And today we are moving on from talking about communication and language and looking at personal, social and emotional development as our prime area. And specifically, we're going to be talking about turn-taking in helicopter stories. Now, turn-taking is a massive part of helicopter stories, isn't it? It's kind of like become something that we're constantly having to get the children to do just because of, you know, the nature of how the programme works. Absolutely. It's everywhere. It's embedded into every single part of helicopter stories. You know, it's just naturally there due to the nature of the approach. Yeah, 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 totally. So, for example, um, one of the things for me where I really see children having to wait and take their turn is when I'm scribing their story. And, you know, quite often you'll see a queue of children. I can only scribe one story at a time. I haven't gotten enough hands. I can't do it. So it is, you know, they literally, it's going, okay, can you wait? I'm just doing this story. Okay. And then I'll do yours. And, you know, I find myself letting the children, know, I'll do yours and then I'll do yours. And children will sit and wait for a really long time. And I'm often saying to them, oh, it's all right. You can go off and you can do your play and come back. I'll call you, um, you know, as soon as I finish. But Actually, there's something in the waiting and the listening to the stories that their friends are telling that's another part of it. Yeah, so some you days, see... yeah. Some days are waiting and listening days. Some days are you'll find there's six or seven people standing around the table and they just want to be there. No matter if you say, oh, don't worry, you don't need to wait. I'll come and find you. You know, don't worry. Um, they just want to be there. And other days they're off you know outside or you know and it just depends doesn't it on how the mood takes them yeah 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 totally that's what I find as well actually and and it really you know so sometimes I'm just working one-on-one and another part of turn taking within scribing is actually how do you fit all the children in because you know sort of particularly when I'm working with reception or a year one class by that stage most of the children want to tell a story. And so actually what I find, you know, particularly working with those age groups, that I'm having to find ways. And one of the ways that we've introduced through Helicopter Stories is actually by having a register so that we can keep a list of who has told a story. Because you don't really want to be taking more than about six or eight stories in any one session. So having that register really helps in terms of letting you know whose turn it is, because otherwise you get the same children all of the time coming up, wanting, you know, desperately wanting their go, don't you? Absolutely. And they're really visual um, clues, aren't they, for the children? So, you know, you're, they're really seeing practical need to take their turn i.e i'm writing the stories i can only write one story at a time you can see how far down the page i am of writing this person's story and you know that you're next there's a very visual clue for those children to see when it's going to be their turn as with the register you know with the maybe with the older children You know, my children always love to look at the register, how many stories each person's done, whose turn it is today is a really important piece of paper. 
Yeah, 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 definitely. And I know for some people, you know, there's a real desire as well to just allow all the children to tell their stories. And, you know, if you're doing helicopter stories, which is brilliant, if you're doing it every day and, you know, you're able to kind of really build it into your practice, then it becomes much easier. But there still is a limit to how many stories you can scribe at one time, you know, in, for, to act out in the session if and you know it's really important that we act out the stories in the session that they're told so you know that does create a restriction on how many stories you can be scribing depending on their length because that's the thing when i'm working in nurseries and preschools they don't need to take turns quite as much because, you know, they don't need to wait quite so much. I mean, I, every week I tend to, if I've got 10 or 15 children in a setting, but their stories are one word or a few characters or, you know, sort of a very few sentences, I can normally fit them in. But you know when you start to go over too many stories and it's just not working. I yeah, had a absolutely. setting. I think it's so important. Sorry, go on, you carry on. I'll say my bit. No, no. I was I was just going to say there was a setting um, in Scotland that I went to see and how they've you know got quite a lot of children. It's a preschool setting. But what they do is um, they run helicopter stories, acting out sessions throughout their day, every day. So whoever wants to come and tell a story gets to do it. And when they've got three or four stories, they then say, oh, we're going to act out these stories. Who wants to come? and act out those stories and let that happen. So that's another way of supporting that. But even so, it's still children are waiting their turn for, you know, sort of when they can actually get scribed because we can only do one child at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it really helps them to see to see that visually that it's it's a real need. It's a real turn taking. It's not pretend because I need you to learn how to take a turn. Um, it, it's a it's a real a real thing that they can witness. I was going to say that, that just about that flexibility of if you have only got one, um, you know, one moment in the day uh, that you know that you're going to get to act out those stories and it's really short because the photographer's coming in or they're going to forest school, all the millions of things that get involved, then just take one or two stories. You know, don't feel guilty. Take less stories rather than not act out the stories you've taken. I think that's always a good way to go. And then maybe do it again the next day or do it in the afternoon. Do it twice that day, but break it up. It's got that flexibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, you know, we are going to be talking more about, you know, how Helicopter Stories supports writing in a later podcast. But actually, one of the things, just to quickly throw in a little teaser of that, is that if you are working to, uh, you know, particularly reception year one, but you can't fit children in, I often will turn around to them and say, if you want to, you can write your own story. And then I give them pen and, you know, sort of the A5 paper and they go away and they write their own story. And it might be emergent writing. I've had that in preschools and in reception where it's emergent writing. It might be that they've written um, a character. It might be that they start to write their narrative but actually all of those can be acted out and it becomes an easier process and we'll talk more about that when we do writing but that is another way of going if you haven't got you know if it's not your turn to tell today 
it can be your turn. You can go and write your own story and we will act a part of that out. We will look at how we act that out. So which encourages writing and gives writing a purpose. But the other thing with helicopter Absolutely. stories, but the other thing is that it's not just in the scribing. We also look at turn taking within the acting out, don't we? And how we we get children acting their stories. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's a brilliant visual clue for those children who need that reinforced is that they can see it coming around as it's so and so, so you know, and it's a, again, it's a very important thing to keep an eye on for the for the children in my preschool, my reception class. Preschool have only just started, really, in the last since Easter, maybe really getting the turn taking, and because we've got a real range of ages in that in that in that preschool, and that's but, because you know, what we're really doing important. is yeah, because we're taking children in turn around the stage. That's, you know, sort of for anyone who doesn't know that. So when we're doing the acting out, it's not a choosing. We're actually going, taking turns around the stage for who gets up and who, who gets involved in acting out their story. Absolutely. And my children know whose turn it is next at all times. So if I'm team teaching with the class teacher, and uh, one of us has finished and the other one. So we we'll, we'll act out a story each. So I'll do one, she'll do one. So you're not as aware of where you got up to around the around the stage. And uh, I'll say, all right, so where did we get to? And the children are immediately like they know exactly whose turn it is next. They are watching. They know when it's their turn and whose turn it was last time. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I find exactly the same, actually, because it's really hard. If I'm running a session on my own, I'm much more aware of where I've got to. But when I'm team teaching, I always find it really difficult because you're going, oh, who did you get to? Who did? But you're right. The children always know. They're aware of whose turn it was, who went up last. No, they've had a go. It's, their, it's this person's turn. So actually, they're also beginning to really be able to talk about turns and fair and all of those things. And actually, I had a situation, oh, God, it's quite a few years ago now. And I remember I was working, it was in um, a nursery classroom. And the child came up, it was her story. And I'd been going around and it was her story. And so she got up to be the princess and it was who was going to be um, the next character on her story. And she it was another, which was another princess, and she wanted it to be her friend, but it wasn't her friend's turn. Because the other thing we do is we always start where we finished last time. So the next person along, we're not resetting it each time a story starts. So um, I sort of called her the next person whose turn it was up, and she said, that's not fair. I want I want Amanda to be the, the um, princess. I don't want her to be it. And I was going, but it is fair because we've everyone's having a turn. And she was going, no, it's not. And I said, shall I show you? And I literally went round and I named who every single character had been, you know, what, what character the children had played. And she was really looking. I was going, they were a tree and they were the dragon and those two were the house and they did this and went all the way around. And I said, and now it's so-and-so's turn. And I remember she looked at me and she went, it's fair. 
And she just decided she saw suddenly what it meant. And, you know, that's another thing about helicopter stories is it helps you to model why it's not that we're just going like you said earlier turn taking for the sake of it it's not you know because it's nice it's going this is really important we're a community and we need to take turns in order for that community to thrive and to be able to work together and that's what you know for me that really did absolutely and, and children love fair don't they they love fair they're their foundations of their lives are built on fair and it must be fair at all times you know that's such a big thing and I know that one of your books one of the picture books that we talked about in earlier podcasts Helicopter Stories Tales which is a series of three stories and one of those is called It's Not Fair would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Well, so it's not fair. The um, within the picture book, that's looking at the same the idea. It's somebody who's going, "I want my mate in my story," and it's how she begins to see that actually Noah, one of the characters, she doesn't want him to be in the story, and then she realizes that actually that makes Noah sad, and she starts to have empathy for that, and realizes that when she goes and plays with every child, she gets to know different, she gets more friends, she gets to know different ways of being and suddenly realising that actually it is fair. And I think that's what Helicopter Stories does. Otherwise, we always stay with our mates, don't we? We always go, I'll just be with my mates. It's, that's what it's I need. The comfy, it's the comfy slippers. Uh, you know, I know, I know them. I know how they play. I know that what, what they like when they're a dinosaur. We did that, you know, uh, this morning and so they would stick with that all the time wouldn't they and they wouldn't explore those new friendships those new possibilities no 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 definitely definitely and actually you know if we start to look at what the benefits of that are because there's really huge benefits to turn taking within helicopter stories if you're looking at within scribing and you know if you're keeping a register or keeping a check of who's told a story, however you do it, you're also noticing who hasn't told a story. And actually, you know, it's really important. We don't force any child to tell a story or to act in a story. That's one of the key rules of helicopter stories. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't ask. And I think sometimes there's a real danger that we can go, oh, they don't tell stories or that child doesn't speak yeah. much or they're shy. And we can almost like, you know, at the age of three or four, we're writing children off of going, oh, that's what they're like and not allowing them to, to surprise us. And I think it's so important. We need to always be prepared to be surprised. And actually by doing that, we constantly go, oh, so-and-so hasn't told a story, so I'm going to ask them. Jemima, do you want to tell a story? No? Okay, that's fine. You can be a story listener. And I remember seeing Vivian doing that. The first time I watched Vivian um, doing storytelling and story acting with a group of, of children, I remember hearing her say, she asked a child if he wanted to tell a story. He said no. And she said, that's okay, you can be a story listener. And I just thought it was brilliant. And you could see him grow of like, I'm a story listener, that's my role. And the next day she asked again, 
and he told a story. And I think that's it. If we do that, it allows us to be surprised and see if a child will come forward and tell a story. Yeah. And you never know, do you? You never know what day, what moment they'll say yes. What will decide for them that that's the day that they're going to tell a story equally with the acting out obviously we have the system of going around so again no forcing or coercing children onto the stage they can decide which roles they do and don't take but the advantage obviously of turn taking of offering those roles around the stage is that maybe those children who wouldn't maybe usually volunteer to be quite sort of loud and uh, rumbunctious roles will say yeah okay I'll come up and they might end up being Batman or the baddies or you know something really exciting that they wouldn't put their hand up for or push their way forward to be but because they've been offered is do you want to come and be Batman that they'll go okay I'll do that and, and usually just those opportunities to put yourself forward for a role that maybe you wouldn't necessarily usually volunteer yourself for yeah yeah and and actually you know that's you know so the that um girls might become baddies where they might not normally and gender roles become very blurred um within that that boys can be princesses and actually you know with uh, when i've been working with classes from uh preschool right the way through to year two when they're in year two the boys just get up and play any role they don't mind being a princess. They don't mind being a baddie. They don't mind being anything because they know it's only pretend. Absolutely. And it's the title of the third Helicopter Stories Tales book, um, which was, uh, you know, one of the collection because this is, you know, it's such a such an important part of Helicopter Stories that it is only pretend and we can be anything that we want to be. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, the, the picture book, It's Only Pretend, that tells the story of a boy who wants to be a princess and all the other children laugh when he stands up to be the princess. So he sits back down. But Noah, who is new in the school, he doesn't have any problems. He'll play any role. He just likes it and he gets up and becomes a princess. And the boys begin to realise that actually it could be quite fun. And that we can play any role. It really doesn't matter. It is only pretend we're just playing. And I think that's such a key thing in terms of the benefits of turn taking within helicopter stories and that it allows us to see who who has told a story, who hasn't. So we make sure that no child is excluded and that we keep asking the child that says no because one day they will surprise us and they will say yes. And that also within that, that we really see and allow children to try out these different roles, roles to be different characters, to explore what it's like. And they get to play and be whoever they want in each other's stories. They kind of suddenly, they're, they're discovering what storytelling means and what it means for them. And I think, I think that's fascinating. And I know turn taking is one of the hardest things, you know, sort of like for children learning to take times, learning to wait is really, really hard. But if we give children a purpose for it, 
and a place where they can see, actually, this makes sense to me, then it's fine. And it happens. And actually, I find it works really well. And, you know, wherever, you know, having worked in so many different settings and schools, I find children really understand turn taking. So hopefully you'll have a bit more of an idea about how turn taking works in Helicopter Stories from today. And um, we'll see you next time. <laughs>